because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved yet so by fire. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his word. Amen. Now, this is very important. Now, the Bible is saying that if we are risen with Christ, if indeed we are risen with Christ, and, and Ephesians chapter 2 from verse uh, 1 to 9 explains that you and I were dead in our sins and our trespasses. We were dead. And as Jesus was dead and was being raised from the dead, you and I were being raised into newness of life. As Christ was raised from the dead, God also raised us up together with him and caused us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen? So the Bible is saying, if indeed you and I have been risen with Christ, then we should seek the things which are above. Now the question is, what are the things which are above? What things are above that God is saying we should seek after? Because you and I have been risen with Christ. Any born-again Christian has been risen with Christ. Every born-again Christian, a point was, uh, there was a point when we were dead. There was a point when every person was dead. A Christian was dead to sin before he became a Christian. And then when Christ saved the Christian, the Christian became born again. Hallelujah. So, and then was raised together with Christ. So the Bible is saying that if indeed we have been risen with Christ, then we should seek the things which are above. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now what are the things above? Who is above? Those above are God the Father, God the Son. They are above. Spiritual things are above. So the Bible is saying that if we are risen with Christ, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, we should seek the things which are above. We should seek spiritual things and not the things which are on the earth. But many Christians have spent their lives doing everything they can to build their lives on earth. What is the point of building your life on earth only? When we have a short life and a long eternity. What is the point of spending your whole life doing things that would only benefit you on earth? Forgetting that we have a very short life. Even 100 years is a short life. And a long eternity. Eternity, trillions of years, is like a second. There is no time in eternity. We, we, the, 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 eternity is timeless. So think about it. Everything we do on earth will count towards eternity. But many people spend their lives focusing on things which do not count. Things which do not count. Look at Matthew chapter 6 verse uh, uh, 19. The Bible says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth. Do not lay up treasures on earth. Don't lay up treasures on earth. It doesn't mean that you and I shouldn't work hard. 
We must work hard. God will make many of us millionaires. Oh, amen. God will make many of us very successful. God wants us to be successful so that we can help others. God wants us to be blessed. The Bible says Abraham was very rich. The Bible even talks about Joseph of, of Arimathea, who was a very rich man. So God is looking for people to be mass here only. And then when we get to heaven, we are bare. We just go empty-handed. What is the point? What is the point of entering heaven empty-handed? Is it worth it? But it's better to be prosperous here on earth, excel on earth, do well on earth, and then have a blessed life in eternity. That is the best. Amen? Now let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and let's go deeper into this verse. Now, this is talking about the Christian and what is going to happen in the Christian's life. What is going to happen when we die and we meet God? Very, very important. But before we get there, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. And then we will come here. Now, when the Christian dies, the Christian goes up. Hallelujah to Jesus. When the non-Christian dies, unfortunately, they go down. It's just as simple as that. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Every Christian, every Christian will appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body. Everyone will receive the things done in his body according to that he have done, whether it is good or bad. Meaning that every Christian would receive a reward for the good things they have done and receive something negative for what they have not done or loss of reward. But everyone will have to give an account. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Now, this judgment seat of Christ is for the Christian. The great white throne is for the Christian no, sorry, it's for the unbelievers or those uh, uh, after the second coming of Christ. That's a whole different uh, topic altogether. But the judgment seat of Christ is for the Christian. Now, let's go into details about what that means. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 to 15. For we are laborers together with God. So it means that a Christian is supposed to be a laborer together with God. Amen. It means that every Christian is supposed to be laboring. Every Christian is supposed to be laboring and doing something for God. Amen? You and I are God's husbandry. We are God's building. Now, a husbandry is something that is tilled. So you and I are work in progress for God. You and I, God is working on us. We are God's building. And if you are God's building, what happens? A building is built. We are being built up for God. Amen? Also, we are God's building. What does it mean to be God's building? The Bible says you and I are the temple of the Lord, of God. We are the temple of God. Jesus Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we are God's building. And we need to live that way. We need to live in such a way that the Holy Spirit will be able to come 
and be have free course in our midst, have free course in us. How can it be that you and I will have the Holy Spirit in us and grieve the Holy Spirit? I don't know I'm speaking to somebody. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So meaning that Apostle Paul and the apostles laid a foundation. And this foundation, no one else, no pastor, prophet, no human being, no angel can lay any other foundation than what the apostles have laid. And we are talking about the apostles who wrote canon. We are not talking about them. I mean, Apostle Selman or any of the apostles here, it means that they are going to lay a foundation. No, 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 no. But Apostle Paul is saying that I have laid the foundation. And the foundation is solid and clear. It, it is a foundation rock. And no other foundation can ever be laid but Jesus Christ. So Apostle Paul laid the foundation of Jesus Christ. And nothing else can be the foundation but Jesus. Now, he's saying that, now, further, uh, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man built upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. So what Apostle Paul is saying, or the Lord is telling us, is that there's been a foundation, and that foundation is Jesus Christ. Now, you and I and every other person is going to build upon this foundation. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Everyone is going to build upon the foundation. I'm going to build upon the foundation. All the pastors, all the church members, everyone who is a Christian is going to build upon the foundation. Now, what are some of the things that you and I can build upon the foundation? We will build works, but it's all going to be connected to Jesus. But there's going to be a type of uh, uh, um, uh, a building material that you and I will use. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. It means that everyone who built is going to build a type of building. The first is gold. The second is silver. The third are precious jewels and gems. The fourth is wood. The fifth is hay. And the sixth is straw or stubble. Now, what do these mean? The first is gold. And the Bible says that they are going to be tried in fire. So it means that my preaching, whatever you and I are doing, it's going to be put in fire. When you and I die and we meet God, all the things we have done will be put in fire. And the fire is going to reveal whether it is gold, golden works, silver works, precious jewel works, wooden works, hay, or straw. This is very, very important. Now, we all know that when you look at these uh, gold, silver, they reduce in quality as 
the list goes down. Now, they respond to fire differently. If my works are works of gold, what it means is that when it's put through the fire, it becomes more refined and is perfect. It comes out gold and more refined. When my work, and, and it's very true, when you put gold in fire, it actually comes out very, very, very refined. When you put silver into fire, silver is able to also withstand fire, and then the impurities are burnt out. So it means that if you have gold like this, maybe gold like my fist, when you put the gold into fire, my fist still remains gold. If you put silver into fire like this, it will not continue to be like this. It will be reduced. Why? Because some of it is impurity, are impurities. So the impurities would have to give way. How many I get what I'm saying? So in real life, when you put silver into fire, impurities are part of it, and some of the impurities come out. So it means that when my works are gold, all my works I have done, 100%. When my works are silver, Many of my works, some of my works, some few of them will be impurities, but they will all fall off and the pure works will stand out. I don't know if you are hearing what I'm talking about. If, and then also, precious jewels. What are precious jewels? Diamonds, gemstones. Now, diamonds and gemstones are also able to withstand fire. But the difference is that when they get to about six, is it 6,000 degrees Fahrenheit, then they begin to melt. So when someone's works are precious stones, it melts, but you get something. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. Something is left, even though it's melted. You don't get what you put in, but it's melted. Hallelujah. When our works are wood, this is very, very important because everyone's works will be tried. When our works are wooden, it means that it will be burnt and it's 500 degrees Fahrenheit that wood will burn. Hallelujah. And then when our works are hay or grass, 212 degrees Fahrenheit, you see how it's easier to burn as the list goes down. And then straw is only 130 degrees and it will burn. Now, what does this mean? Gold. Now, let's relate it to you and I. Golden works are the most superior and you receive all your rewards. May my works and your works be golden works. I said, may my works and your works be golden works. But we'll talk about how to get golden works. <clears throat> Number two, silver works will pass through the fire with impurities burning up. Some works will be burnt up, but majority will pass through the fire. Amen. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Amen. Amen. Then works of precious jewels. Now, unfortunately, majority or a lot of Christians they will fall into the next categories. Why? Because many of their works were not done in love, wrong motives, not pure motives, 
and also they did not do what God called them to do on earth. God brought you and I to the earth for specific reasons. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. So the Bible is saying that you and I are God's workmanship. God, the, the people or, or, or creation God is working on. And he has called us long ago, before we were born, there were certain good works that he had ordained for us to do. Hallelujah. So let's look at precious jewels. Precious jewels, most of the work will be melted. Some rewards for work done. At least you've done something, so you get rewards for that. But just work done. This is very important. So if I'm preaching and my works are works of precious jewels, okay, he preached, he, gets a, he just gets something for it. Yeah. But when your works are gold, your works are silver, you get rewards. When your works are wooden works, works, work will be done, but will endure for a while and be burned up. Very little substance, no reward, but acknowledgement. There will be acknowledgement that you did something. Works of hay. Few works, but not acceptable to God, and will therefore be burned. No substance in the work, no reward, very little acknowledgement. And straw, no work done for God. But works were done for other reasons, earthly reasons. Zero reward, zero acknowledgement. Which one are you? Which one am I? What kind of works are we doing for God? What are we doing for God? What are the works? How many are getting what I'm saying? This is very, very important. So you and I must ask God, God, what, are, what, what, what kind of works am I doing? What kind of works am I doing? Am I doing works of gold or of silver or of wood or of earth? Hallelujah. So I pray that you and I will do works of gold. Now let's go back to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. Wow. Amen. Today is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. If ye then <clears throat> be risen with Christ, seek the things which are above, where Christ seated at the right hand of God, Set your affection. So like I said last week, you and I must make a conscious effort to set our affections on heavenly things and not on earthly things. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now, when the Bible says you are dead, the Bible is saying that think about things above. Set your mind about things in heaven. Why? Because you are dead to this world. Because you are dead to, to self. Because you are dead to this life. And if you are dead to this life and you are dead to the world, why are you 
focused on earthly things when you are supposed to be dead to self. You and I are supposed to be dead to self. Look at uh, uh, Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I liveth, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So, Apostle Paul was saying that I am crucified with Christ. Even though I'm crucified with Christ, I am alive. But really, it's not really per se I who is alive. But it's Christ who is living in me. In the life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God. Hallelujah. So it's very important. I am crucified. You and I are to be crucified with Christ. And nevertheless, I live, yet not I. So we are not to live for ourselves. We are to live for Jesus. Because nevertheless, I live, yet not I. I am not the one living. I am not the one living. So you and I must be dead. We must remember that we are dead to this life. For ye are dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. Hallelujah. So how many believe you are dead to this world? But the key is dying to self. The key is crucifying the flesh. The key is deciding that from now on, I am not alive for myself, but I am alive for Jesus. Deciding that I, my life doesn't count. My life doesn't matter. But what matters is Jesus Christ. What matters is my life for Jesus, not my life for myself. Amen. What do you think? So the Bible says that we are dead and our lives are hidden. 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 Now, that word hidden is very important. It means concealed. Hidden. To be hid, kept laid up with God in heaven. To cover from the view of anyone. To rescue from sight. Hallelujah. So God's plan for us is hidden. Our future is hidden. Our lives are hidden. Our ministries are hidden as born-again Christians with Christ. So if you are born-again Christian, Christ has, um, has hidden you in him. And, it's, and heaven is where it is unveiled only to God. What do you think? So all God's plans for my life and your life, think about it, are hidden. The devil cannot get you. Bless you. The devil cannot change God's plans for the Christian's life unless the Christian allows him. Amen? How many are getting me so far? Okay, very good. Now, how many want golden works? How many want golden works? How many want silver works? How many want works of precious jewels? Wooden works? Works of hay? Works of straw? No. We should all aim for golden works. 
so that whatever you are doing, if you are in the technical team, 100%, whatever God brought you to this world to do, you do it with all your heart. Okay, so let's go into it. Number one, what are some of the things that God is going to use to try our works? That's very important. The first will be what, you see, was it the works you were created to do? Is that what you did? What were you created to do? Look at Jeremiah 1.5. It shows that before people were born, God selected them to do certain things. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So it means that Jeremiah, before he was born, God had already ordained him to be a prophet. What about you and I? So whatever God brought you and I into this world to do, if we don't fulfill it and we do other things, we will not get a golden reward. Because God brought us into the world for a reason. And Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 also explains it. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Let's look at another version. Are we hearing God's word? Let's look at NLT. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We all need to fulfill the reason God brought us to the earth. Because we are all going to be judged based on what we did. Did we do what God brought us to the world to do? An example is, and you can also do something God told you to do, but do it the wrong way. That's the next. The next is, what kind of work, what kind of quality of work did we do? Did we do what God brought us to the world to do? Many times, people follow what other people are doing. This person is doing evangelism, so I'm an evangelist. This person is doing, become, is a pastor, so maybe I'm supposed to be a pastor. Maybe you are not supposed to be a pastor. Maybe you're supposed to be a, 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 someone financing the gospel. Or you're supposed to be a shepherd. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Not everyone. You don't need to look at other people's uh, 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 ministries to say that that's what God wants you to do. Amen? What do you think? But do what God told you to do. And whatever God tells you and I to do, you will know it in your heart. Many times, your pastor would uh, uh, help you to see it. Hallelujah. Your pastor will help you to see it. And you will know that, look, this is what God wants me to do. And when you know this is what God wants you to do, make sure you do it. Make sure nothing stops you. Because when you and I die, we are not going to meet God with our pastor. 
I'm not going to meet God with my pastor. You are not going to meet God with your pastor. You meet God as an individual. And it will not be accepted in heaven, oh, I didn't do it because my pastor said this. I didn't do this because my parents said I shouldn't do it. That's not going to hold. God is not going to say, you uh, accept, I didn't do this because my daddy said I shouldn't do it, especially when you are of age. I'm talking about biological parents now. Amen. Do what God has told you to do. Because when we die, we, when we die, we will meet God. And remember that we pastors, the Bible says in uh, Peter uh, chapter 5, I think First Peter chapter 5, from verse 1 to 5, that we are examples unto you. So we are to lead you, not uh, 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 by force, but we are to lead you and guide you to where God wants you to be, to help you. Apostle Paul said, I, my duty is to help you so that I, you do God's will and that I don't uh, withhold you from doing the will of God. Hallelujah. So Apostle Paul, his duty was to, 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 to help the Christians to do God's will and not to dominate over God's will for them. Amen. So very important. So make sure that you do the will of God. So if you feel strongly that you need to do something, tell your pastor, Pastor, I feel that I'm supposed to be an artist, music artist. Tell your pastor. Your pastor will understand. If you need, you feel that God wants you to be uh, uh, an entrepreneur and help other Christians because you are financially capable of helping other Christians, Tell your pastor that, look, this is what I feel God wants me to do. Pray for me about it. If you feel that you need, you are, God has called you to be a prophet, ask, tell your, speak to someone and your pastor will help you. Hallelujah. What do you think? Let me see if I can find that verse. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Will I find it? Let's try. Okay. Okay, let's turn our Bibles to. I don't think this is it, but this is a good one. Second Corinthians one twenty-four. <coughs> NLT. Apostle Paul said, but that doesn't okay, let's start from verse twenty-three. Yes, 23 and 24. Now I call upon God as my witness that I am telling the truth. The reason I didn't return to Corinth was to spare you from a severe rebuke. But that does not mean we want to dominate you by telling you how to put your faith into practice. We want to work together with you so you will be full of joy for it is by your own faith that you stand firm. What do you think? Very important. Because when we are judged, we are going to be judged alone. Now, what quality of work? Now, I'll use a very good example, and then I'll give you a scripture for it. And then I think we'll try to wrap up. There was a time, there was a, an important need where I come from in Ghana. So I called someone. 
can you go to this particular pharmacy? Go to this pharmacy. All I want you to do is to go to this pharmacy. Pharmacy, the pharmacy name is John A. B. Go to this pharmacy, and I want you to buy these prescriptions, this, this medication, A, B, C, D. Please buy it. This is, these are the names, and these are the dosages. Please, don't go anywhere. Just buy it. How many get me so far? Just go and buy it. Now, as time went on, I kept on giving him a chance. Have you, uh, have you gone to that place? Don't go anywhere. Have you gone there? The person said, yes, I've gone there. Please, if you don't go there, I don't want it from anywhere else because sometimes you can get something wrong in the wrong place. Go to that place. The person said, yes. When the person brought it, I was very happy. I had planned to reward him and ask my siblings to reward him also for good work done. Think about it. I was going to reward him well, handsomely. When the drugs came, they were from some corner shop, and he didn't go to the particular place. So the drugs were thrown away, and it was taken to the right place. Then I decided that, wow, I was supposed to reward you for doing something. But instead of rewarding you handsomely, who knows, maybe $300, $400, I don't know, handsomely, I might give you 50, maybe, but oh, I'll give you nothing. The person did the work, but they did it in the wrong way. The person did the work, but they didn't go where I told them to go. So because they didn't go where I told them to go, they might get nothing. But 100%, they will not get that 400 or $300. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So it clearly means that doing the work is not always the, the full deal. It is how you do the work. Did you follow the instructions? To obey is better than sacrifice. <clears throat> do, are, you, are you getting what I'm saying? To obey is better than sacrifice. So because you didn't do it the right way. Now how about God? God has told us the marking scheme. And has told us that you and I, we need to do things his way. What are my motives? What are your motives for what we do? How did we do the work? Did we do the work in love? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not love, it profited me nothing. So someone can sacrifice, can do everything for God. They, they, they can go to their highest levels, but if they don't do it with love, it profits them nothing. So this is a clear example of someone who has given their bodies to be burned. And they've given to feed the poor. But remember that one of the great, actually when you read the Bible, righteous acts are given to the poor. A righteous act is when you give to the poor. That is a righteous act. Now the Bible is saying that even if you give all your goods to feed the poor and you sacrifice so much for God that you are even burned, your body, you, you give your body to be burned but you don't have love, 
it profited you nothing. It clearly shows that it's not just doing, but how you do it matters. What do you think? Another very important thing we must realize, look at Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. So, so the first is, did you do what God told you to do when he, I mean, did you t- do what God created you to do? Number two, what quality or type of work is it? Number three, Hebrews 6.10 says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. So the third, which is very important, is that was your work non-scoring? If you do something and it's not linked to the name of Jesus, or you did something outside Jesus' name, then he's not obligated to reward you. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which he have showed toward his name. Did you get that? Shown toward his name. Very important. Then the fourth and final, so there are four major things that God would judge, use to judge our works. The first is what? Did you do what he created you to do? Number two, so you can do a lot of things, but if it's not what God created you to do, there will be a problem. Number two, what quality or type of work did you do? Number three, was the work non-scoring? Was it work you just did for yourself, for your name? You did because you were trying to impress people. You did it for tax purposes. When we are on the streets, you see the people on the streets. They come, when we go to them and we tell them that Jesus loves you, we care about you. They say, oh, you are one of those people who just come. We, we, we don't believe in you guys. We ask them why. They say, oh. We know that you people do it for tax purposes. We know that you people are going to get more money. You, 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 you have the people, some people come with cameras because they, we, they know that they are going to get more money. So you are not giving to me because you care. You are giving to me because of what you get. You go to the north of Ghana in some places and you see a lot of NGOs and yet the people are poor. Nothing has changed. People are still poor, but the people are driving nice cars. They won't do many of them. I'm not saying that they, they don't do much, but I'm saying that all the NGOs, there's a lot of work to be done, and it's as if there are no NGOs there. Hallelujah. Uh, do, uh, you know, you are, we are standing right in front of the camera. Hallelujah. So, non scoring work is work because of what you can get. Let me save because of what I can get. I'm looking for a husband or a wife, so let me go to the church and serve in the church. When I get them, then I leave the church. That happens a lot. Number four, God's criteria and other. The fourth, you and I will not know, but there are some ideas. Devotion to God, love for God, love for the brethren, obedience to God, and the unknown things that only God deals with.
Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So, be steadfast. Now, when you read before 58, it talks about the resurrection. One day you and I will die and there will be the resurrection. Or Christ will come and we will meet him. Because there will be rewards when we die. Because one day we are going to meet him. The Bible is saying in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, when you see a therefore, look at what it is there for. It is because of the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15 is the resurrection chapter actually. Our bodies are sown in uh, dishonor, raised in honor. Sown corruptible, raised incorruptible. Sown in, in, in uh, uh, perishable, raised imperishable, etc., etc. Hallelujah. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Because one day we'll be judged based on what we do. Be steadfast. Unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's not in vain. It's not in vain. It's not in vain. God sees us. Think about it. The same devotion we give to work, do we give to the church? The same devotion we give to work. For example, I could be going through a difficulty. If I'm going through a difficulty and I'm experiencing difficulty, who will suffer? God or what I say suffer? Who is going to feel it? God or work? Most of the time, work 100% take. Even though you are going through difficulties, why do you allow God to take the brunt of the problem? Why, why should your devotion, if you were 100%, why are you now 50% when it comes to God, but work, you remain 100%? Why? Is that, is that what God has done for you? I mean, is that, is that what God does for you? Why? Why is it that when, when it comes to, to, to work, when it comes to things that are physical, things that we can see, we do our best but when it comes to things we cannot see, when it comes to God, we don't give our best when times are not good. The Bible says, the things which are seen are temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. So it means that what I can see, my body, the things that you and I can see are temporary. They will not last so why give everything to what will not last? Solomon said, just look at the last verse in Ecclesiastes. Solomon said, I have learned and I've seen the conclusion of the whole matter. I have done everything my heart decided to do. When I wanted to build something, I built it. When I wanted to do something, I did it. When I wanted to buy something, I bought it. Everything my heart desired, I did. 
But the conclusion of the whole matter, the conclusion of life, is to fear God and to keep his commandments. That is the whole duty of man. The duty of man is to fear God and to keep his commandments. One day you and I are going to realize that the only thing, the only thing we can take with us to heaven is what we did for God and our devotion to God. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro the earth. To show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him. Second Chronicles 16.9 The eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro. They are searching the earth to find those who are committed to him. And then he, he strengthens them and he perfects them. Hallelujah. You and I must remember that our lives are like a vapor that appears for a little while and vanishes away. What is the point of a short life for putting everything into this life and a long eternity? Why not make eternity what counts? Imagine you and I die today or Christ comes today. What are we going to say? I want to say, God, you blessed me on earth. I got a good job on earth, I did well on earth, I worked hard at work and I, uh, you blessed me financially in every way, but I was rich towards you. And because I was rich towards you, I have a reward in heaven. I have a reward in heaven. Jesus said that there was a man who focused on earth. He built barns. His business was doing well. His business was expanding. He was excelling in everything he did. He was doing very well. And he said to himself, oh, I'm going to expand my business. My business is doing well. Let me expand. Then God said, tonight, your soul is required of you. And Jesus called him the rich fool. Why was he a fool? Was it because he was rich? No. Abraham was rich. So many people were rich. Joseph of, of Arimathea was rich, a disciple of Jesus. What made him a fool? He was a fool because he was not rich towards God. And so many of us, we forget that you, are, you and I are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. And the body should not be the one we focus on the most because the body will not remain forever. The body is what we can see and the body would go to the ground. The body is temporary. But the spirit and the soul, they live on. So why focus on something that is temporary and that it's only for maybe another 60 years? In fact, everyone here, you give yourself 100 years. We'll still die. 100 will die. What is the point of working and laboring for something you cannot keep? Why don't you labor for something you can keep? For I heard a loud voice in heaven, Revelation 14, 13 says, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth, yes, here the Spirit, for they may rest from their labors and their works to follow them. The only thing that will follow you and I is what we did for God. Our devotion for God. Not only what we did for God. The Bible says that Cornelius, Cornelius, your prayers and your arms given have been brought up as a memorial unto me. So our prayers, our devotion to God, our arms giving will be 
a, a memorial before God. God remembers those things. Those are the things that go up. I said, those are the things that go up. Those are the things that count. What are we focusing on? What are we thinking about? What is the point of spending all our lives? It's good to get a certificate. That's why we must all be educated. It is good to get the job. Knowing that as we have the certificate, we'll leave it behind. It's good to know that. I have my certificate. I have my postgraduate. I have all those things. I needed it because I also need a good life. But I know in my heart that I'm leaving it behind. I know in my heart that my job, all these jobs, all everything that's happening, it will be left behind. I know that. But how many people know that and think about that regularly? That the only thing that will never die, the only thing that will never be left is what we do for God. Not only what we do for God, but our devotion to him. Let me end, wrap up with Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. It is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For the one who comes to God must believe that he is. We must believe that he is. That one, I won't even say a word about it because we all believe that he is. And, well, apart from the atheists, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, if you and I know that God reward us and we are seeking him diligently because we want a reward, we please him. Someone will say, what's the point of trying to seek a reward from God? That means you are not doing it for the right reasons. Well, Hebrews 11:6 says you are. What I do is because of a reward and because I love God. What I do for God is because of the reward and because I love God. Going on evangelism and, 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 and all is because I know that that's what God wants me to do. And when I die, I'm going to meet God. And God is going to ask me that. And I'll not even dare give him any other excuse that because of ABC, I couldn't do it. It will not be acceptable in heaven. Hallelujah. No matter what anyone says. Hallelujah. So it's very, very important. Very, very, very important for us to know that what is the point? How many I get? Do I get what I'm saying? What is the point? Let's glorify God with our bodies. Let's glorify Him. Let's honor Him. And let's diligently seek Him. Let's de be devoted to Him. Let's, de be de let's be devoted to Him. How many of us here and listening are devoted to Him in prayer? are devoted to him in your, your quiet time, are devoted to him in Bible study. From today, as we are here, as we are watching, I want to encourage you, watch, person watching, and as all of us here, including myself, let's be devoted in the word of God. 2022, let 2022 be the year you and I decide that, look, we are going to give our best for God. We've given our best for employers and you are dating someone, you, you, you're, the one you are dating, you've given your best. Yeah, you've given your best for the one you are dating. You've given your best for your employer. Why don't you give your best for God? Because your employer will die one day. The one you are dating will die one day. Why don't you give your best to the one who lives forever? 
who will judge you and I and who will reward us. For without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that God is and that God rewards the diligent seeker. May we diligently seek him so he will reward us. I said may we diligently seek him from today. Pray, God, give me the grace to have my quiet time. Give me the grace to pray, to be a person of prayer. Give me the grace to, to, to pray. To, to pray to you, to have a relationship with you. Give me the grace to get into the word of God. I want the word of God to be rich in me. Give me the grace to do whatever I need to do to please you. Give me the grace to, to obey you. Because one day it will count. One day, God is going to ask, did you love me? Did you love me? Not love me like you feel, but did you love me according to my definition of love? Did you love me according to my definition of love? God has his definition of love. Did you love your neighbor? Did you love them? And not your definition of love, but the definition of love according to the Bible. Did you? That is what is going to hold. At the end of the day, that's what's going to hold. Not what I say. What I say is not going to hold unless it's from the Bible. I said what I say is not going to hold. What is going to hold is what is in the Bible. When I take a scripture... If I take the scripture in context, that will hold. If I take a scripture out of context, it will not hold. So ladies and gentlemen, what I've done, I have taken the scriptures in context. You and I know in our hearts that what I'm seeing is the case. Let's do our best. Let's focus on what matters. And when we focus on what matters, God blesses us on earth. Peter said, look, I've left everything to follow you. He said, look, in this life, you get more. Yeah. God has better version of what you and I are looking for to give to us. A better version. I said what? A better version. But the apostles had got, caught fish. Jesus had grilled fish, proper grilled fish waiting for them. As they had caught the fish, there was grilled fish waiting for them. Do you, and, and then Jesus said, do you love me more than these? What does more than these mean? No matter what I say or a preacher says, he didn't say what more than these mean. So we can use it in preaching to say it could have meant more than these other disciples or more than the fish. Do you love me more than the blessing or you love the blessing more than me? Many Christians love the blessing more than God. That's why if you have a seminar, Breakthrough Blessing Seminar or Seminar on How to Love God More. Breakthrough Seminar will be packed to capacity. <laughs> how to Love God More will have a few people. Because people are looking for the blessing more than how to love God. So judge yourself. And I'll judge myself. And let's be mindful of eternity. Because we have a short life and a long, perpetual, forever eternity. Eternity never ends. What we do on earth counts.
for eternity. Every earth is the opportunity to, to sow seeds uh, uh, to, uh, and to add to our account. Earth, life here, what we are doing on earth here, all we are doing is sowing seeds that would abound to our account. All we are doing here on earth is amassing treasures in heaven. Because when we go to heaven, there will be no more work. They shall rest from their labors. Work is finished. When we go to heaven, there is no work. So it is only the work we do here. This is the only opportunity. Earth is the only opportunity we can get to amass wealth in heaven. Because there is no work. There is no school in heaven. Very, very important. One day, as we are, listen, as we are listening, one day, we will remember my voice. Maybe God will play it to me and to all of us and to all watching. And tell us that you, you did well. Look at your reward. Or you didn't do well. You, this is your loss of reward. How many are getting what I'm saying? Very, 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 very important. I'm not out of word. I'm just out of time. Shall we stand to our feet? Let's speak to the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to be gracious unto us. Let's ask the Lord to help us to set our affection, our desires, our hearts on things above. On things above. Set our hearts on things above, not on earthly things. Not on earthly things. God can make you a millionaire, but your heart is not in the money. Your affection is not in the money, but he's blessed you with it. But your affection is above. Set you. Let's pray, God, give me the grace to set my affection on heavenly things and not on things on the earth. Even though you are going to bless me in every way, Lord, let my desires and my affection not be on these things. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, which men have sought after while men sought after they pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Father God, we pray that you give us all the grace to do well, to do well, to set our affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. May we lay up treasures in heaven and not on the earth. May our hearts be above. May we understand that we are just pilgrims sojourning in the earth. But earth is not our home. Father God, we bless your name and worship you. In Jesus' name. Whilst we are praying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you are not born again and you know in your heart that if you die today, or Christ Jesus comes today, you don't know whether you would go to heaven or hell. If you know in your heart that you are far away from God,
and you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, then I want you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Father God, we bless your name and we thank you for how good you've been. We worship you and we thank you for the mindset of eternity. May we set our affections on things above, on you, on Jesus Christ. May we be more like you, Lord Jesus. Bless those who have surrendered their lives to you, O God. Keep them and preserve them in Jesus' name. Amen. We may take our seats. <clears throat> Let's take out a good offering to bless the Lord. If you have your type, your first and best, I want to encourage you to take out a good offering. If you have your tithe, tithe is 10% of your increase. I want to encourage you to give 10% of your increase to the Lord. And the Lord will bless you. I want to encourage you to be a 100% tithe payer. So that God would fulfill Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 for you. Which says, bring ye the tithe into the storehouse. That there may be meat in my house, said the Lord. And prove me now here with, said the Lord. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. That there shall not be enough room to receive it. And then verse 11, and I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And then it goes on. Hallelujah. May that be my story and your story, where God will pour out a blessing and open the windows of heaven with the blessing. And he would rebuke the devourer for our sakes. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. We don't have that. Okay. Amen. Praise God. So take, give a good. Now it's time to give our offering. Father God, bless the givers. Bless those who are giving to support your work. Multiply the offerings. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you and God bless you all online. And I want to say, may you have a prosperous week, a favorable week. In Jesus' name. Amen. Shalom, shalom. God bless you all. Let's, anyway, I'm sure we'll share the blessing at the end.